Welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to discover how traditional business owners are leveraging the power of being a published author to grow their business. Get ready to discover practical and proven ways to enhance your reputation, build trust, and establish authority by authoring your own short, helpful book. On every episode, you'll hear from guest Main Street authors who have successfully authored, published, and leveraged their own book and want you to do the same. Now, here's your host of the Main Street Author Podcast, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome, everybody, to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to inspire business owners to author, publish, and leverage their own short, helpful books, or shooks as I call them. Today, I'm pleased to be able to have a conversation with book coach and author Dan Janelle. Dan works with top business leaders who want to elevate their reputations and set themselves apart from their competition. As a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter, he shapes stories and strategies that can transform a career or business. You may have also heard of Dan because he is the founder of PR Leads, one of the most cost-effective publicity lead services in the world. Dan, welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Dan, in case someone might not know who you are, I've heard of you, um, because you have a pretty big reputation, at least in the world that I, I'm in, in the marketing world. Can you tell folks a little bit about your business, what you're doing these days, and how you serve your clients? Sure. Uh, I love books. I've written more than a dozen books, and now I help other people write their books, either as a ghostwriter, which is a lot of fun, but takes a lot of time. So I really, really like working with people as their book coach and helping them get through the dips and the trials and the tribulations uh, that affect anyone writing a book, and also serve as their developmental editor which is really their editor-in-chief, uh, a person who looks at their stories and makes sure that they're on the right track, make sure the book has the right flow, and really helps them with their marketing purpose as well. So it's a little bit of editorial and a little bit of marketing, but the whole idea is to help the clients get the book done and get the results that they're looking for in marketing and sales. Now, is there a particular niche or industry or several niches or industries that you tend to find yourself working most often in? It's mostly business books. You know, I don't do families or relationships or children or parenting or such like that. Uh, I really like work, working with financial planners. I used to be a business editor of a newspaper and I majored in business reporting when I was at Northwestern. I got my degree in journalism. So I have a real uh, interest and knowledge in business and uh, personal finance, but also any areas of business. HR, careers, communications, marketing, um, leadership, management. Those are probably my sweet spots. But I've also helped people write top 10 books, you know, 10 ways to improve employee engagement or, or those kinds of things. So lessons to be learned books are really what I love to do. And basically business building books, books that have a purpose that say, I I'm writing this book so you get to know, like, and trust me and see me as the leader who can take you from mess to success and make you, the client, look like the hero. Very good. I love it. 
So you're going to bring an interesting perspective to our conversation today because not only are you an author, and as you mentioned, you've written over a dozen books, but you also work with authors. So I think you're going to have your perspective and then obviously the perspective of your clients as we you know, kind of have a conversation to help inspire others who are listening to either write their first book or write that next one, or you maybe even use it a little bit more effectively if they already have one. But Dan, let's go back. Uh, when did you, just out of curiosity, when did you write your first book? What was that first book about? And then if you wouldn't mind, share why you decided to write that first book. What was the big reason behind it? Great. Actually, I can answer those two questions with one story. You know, in my background, I was a high-tech PR guy. I actually introduced the CD-ROM industry to the world. I was on the PR team that launched America Online. And I would go to uh, software publisher shows and conferences and get new clients there. You know, I'd speak, I'd present, I'd be on a panel, I'd teach, whatever. And people would come up to me afterwards and they would say, hey, we really like you. We want you to do our publicity. And I'd say, great, when do we get started? And they'd say, oh, well, uh, why don't you send us a proposal first? So I figured, okay, great, sure. That's the way we did things back then. So I'd go back to my office and I'd spend 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours writing a proposal, you know, sweating blood, thinking of great new ideas and great new angles and great positionings for these companies. And I'd send them my proposal and I'd wait and I'd wait and I'd wait and I'd leave the messages and they wouldn't turn back my, my, my phone calls or emails. I'd be like, what's up with this? Well, they were cherry picking. They would go to a conference and they would hear me and all my competitors and they'd ask for the same proposals. And I'm sure people who are listening on this call are saying, yep, that happens to me too. I sell real estate. They say, I'm ready to work with you. Send me a proposal. And they're talking to five of my competitors and they do who knows what they do. So it was, it was, it was a horrible cycle, but that's the way the industry was. And I would say to myself, you know, what makes me stand out? You know, we all went to good schools. We all have great credentials. We all have wonderful testimonials. We've all done wonderful things. So even though we're at the top of our game, we're still on an even level with all of our competitors. And I'm sure people listening are saying, yep, me too. I'm in the million dollar club. I'm in the president's club. I've done all these great things, but so is Sally down the street. So what do you do to stand out? And I thought, well, maybe I'll write a book. So I actually did write a book. I, it was called How to Publicize High-Tech Products and Services, which is exactly what I did. And I went to the next software publisher show and I did my speech and I held up my book. And at the end of the speech, people came up to me and they said, hey, we want you to do our PR. I said, oh, do you want me to write a proposal? They said, nah, you wrote the book. We don't need a proposal. We're going with you. And that's when my world changed because that book led to great clients that led to other books. I wrote one of the first books about marketing on the internet back in 1993. Jeez. That's when Al Gore and I were like the only people online. And that led to speaking literally all around the world from Beijing to Budapest, all over Canada, the United States, Mexico, even Rio de Janeiro. Uh, it led to speaking and teaching the first marketing internet marketing course at berkeley and at stanford on internet branding so i was a real trailblazer because i wrote books i was seen as a thought leader and it really changed my life so that's why i wrote a book wow. <laughs> it led to other books wow. and it really led to my career wow uh, it would probably be interesting. I don't know if you've glanced back through that book, uh, the internet marketing book from the 90s, but it'd be probably interesting just to uh, read that and see the monumental changes that have occurred in the last, you know, whatever it's been, almost 30 years. It's crazy. 
Very cool. Now, I know you, one of your more recent books, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a moment, uh, was a book that I bought a year or two ago, I guess right when it first came out, because again, I was, you know, we're, we're all marketers, we're all watching what other smart marketers are doing, and uh, your book, Write Your Book in a Flash, was a, a great little book. I love the subtitle, by the way, which was um, Paint by Numbers System for Writing in the Book of Your Dreams Fast, which that's a great copywriting subhead. So can you tell folks, Dan, a bit more about that book and what, you know, readers would get from that and why they should read that book? Sure, thanks. You know, I think a lot of people who come to me with ideas of writing a book, they, they get stuck on a couple of key points and that really throw them off so that they never write their books. And, and that is, they get writer's block because they don't know what to write about. And I figured, you know, if you have a good outline, you'll never worry about mm -hmm. what to write about. But, but outlines are boring. You know, outlines are like, you know, fifth grade and whatever, uh, English classes. So I tried to appeal to the visual people because uh, I love art. And I thought, you know, writing a book is like painting a painting. You know, when we were little kids, our, our, my mother bought me a paint by numbers kit. And, you know, uh, if you've had one of those, it's basically a, a canvas that has no colors on it, but it has outlines. So imagine it's a farm scene. You have a barn, you have a cow, you have a plow, uh, you have a farmer, you have a sky, but none of it is colored in, but it's all outlined. So you can see the clouds, you can see the farmer, you can see the, the trucks and all the good things. And there are numbers in there. So 15 is blue. So you take your blue pen, your blue pen, blue paintbrush, and you color in the sky. and and you, uh, you see that the tractor is green. I guess it's a John Deere tractor. So you take your, and it's number seven. So you take your, your green pen and you fill that in. And I feel like that's exactly how you write a book. It doesn't matter which order you write the chapters in. It just matters that you eventually get the whole thing done. But every time you go to your session to write, you know exactly what you're going to do because like, hey, I feel like drawing the clouds today or I feel like telling the case study about the time when I did this for the client. And that way you get it done and it's fun. So I'm really glad you like the idea of the paint by numbers. And it definitely does to appeal to a certain kinesthetic or visual kind of person. But my book is for everyone. Uh, whatever their modality, uh, whatever their, their, their method is for, for writing a book and for what they want to accomplish. Whether it's sad or just it's reality, I'm sure there's a few folks listening to us right now, Dan, saying, "What the heck is paint by numbers?" I mean, I, I guess <laughs> they, I get my kids, my kids wouldn't know, uh, probably at this point. Maybe they did it when they were kids. I don't, I don't recall, but I do recall doing paint by numbers as a kid back in the the 70s and such. But uh, it, it just, for I guess for some folks, it just, it, it was like I said, it resonated with me because it just instantly brought me back to a time like, oh, I get that. I, the metaphor you used was very good. So, so let's talk, Dan, whether it's, you know, your own personal experience or any of your clients. I'd like to talk about, you know, you already mentioned with your, uh, the book you wrote, the first book you wrote and how it transformed your positioning, how people approached you differently. Is there any other interesting sort of immediate benefit uh, or transformation you or a client of yours has experienced simply by writing the book and leveraging the book? Because obviously writing it and not using it doesn't serve any purpose, but, you know, using it effectively. Any any good stories or anecdotes there? Oh, sure. It's like, it's like where do I start? I mean, there are the obvious cases where people uh, finish their book and then they 
send the book to their target market and they get a new client. And I think that's really instructive. And I think we have pretty much the same ideas about marketing there that you're not going to make a million dollars by writing a book and selling it one by one over Amazon or turning it into a, an Amazon bestseller. You're going to make the money from the book by getting the $5,000 speech, by getting the $50,000 consulting engagement, by getting uh, more people to come to your office and hire you for your financial planning or for your lawyering or doctoring or whatever professional service you have, whatever business you have on Main Street, it positions you separately. So those are all the, the financial things that you would expect people to get. But what I really love is when people are, have, I think it's called conscious capitalism now, where people really want to help everyone. Because let's face it, a lot of people who come to me are very successful and they want to give back to the community. And I spoke to a guy the other day who owns an office supply company, and he wanted to uh, write a book that inspired kids to get over the anxiety and depression and things that he felt growing up as a kid. And I have another client who uh, runs a multi-million dollar HVAC company in Ohio, and he wanted to teach other HVAC owners how to run their businesses effectively, because apparently people in his industry know the technical part of the business, but they don't know the business part of the business. So he wrote an inspiring book that would help people and also position him as the business coach that they want to hire to get to the next level. So it's really great to hear stories like that of people who are writing books, not just to make money, which we all want to do, but they really want to help people in the process. And they're seeing that. So they're being fulfilled on a much, much higher level because they already have all the money in the work that they want to make. They want to give back and contribute to the world. So I take a special pride in writing those kinds of books too. You know, books can last and do last for decades and, and centuries and even millennia. So, you know, depending on who's listening to this, there are, I mean, the kind of books that I help clients write that they're different. They're, it's a different type of book. But someone like yourself who can help someone who has that specific want, desire, or need, I think, you know, it's, I, I think people have that inside them and they know they want to share it and you would be a great resource to help them get that out to the world. So thank you for sharing that. What about, Dan, um, using books? Again, you and I were having a previous conversation and I, I kind of jokingly, and I always say this sort of jokingly, but in my world, I think it's real, is you know the book writing, while it's a challenge and there's work involved, I always consider it the easy part of the equation because the more challenging part is the consistent and persistent use of the book and using it effectively because again if you have boxes of books in your closet uh, or on up you know on Amazon but no one knows it's on Amazon it's not doing the world any good so any insights on how you have used your books or any of your clients have used your books effectively to really get it out there yeah I I, I believe that the world believes in the hope strategy and the hope strategy is really not a very good marketing strategy here's how the hope strategy works I hope people see a review of my book in a newspaper or on Amazon. I hope people read the re, re, read the book and pick it up off the shelf in in Barnes and Noble, among all the other hundreds of books on my on the same topic. I hope that they thumb through it and get inspired by it and they actually buy the book. I hope they read the book. I hope they read the call to action where they can actually hire me. I hope they call me. I hope we have a conversation. I hope they hire me. That's a lot of steps. Here's what I suggest my clients do. Two things. Number one, as you're writing the book, 
you put in little subtle calls to action and little subtle um, tips or ideas that let them know what you do. Because basically they think that I'm an author. They think I write books. They don't know that I consult. They don't know I speak. They don't know I coach. They don't know I do a hundred other things. And the same with uh, with people who read your books. They, they, they just think you're an author. They don't know you provide those other services. So if you wrote a book about uh, how to protect your estate, they don't know you're a financial planner who can actually do that. They just think you're a writer. I know that sounds crazy, but that's the way people think. People put you in little boxes and it's hard to break out of those boxes unless you tell people that you actually do those things. So when I write my books or when I coach my clients on writing their books, I always have them put in little phrases like, when I was consulting with this big manufacturing company, they asked me, blah, blah, blah. And then you tell your story. That's a lot different than going in and just telling your story. Now they know you, you consult with big manufacturing companies. Or when I was speaking to the National Association of whatever at their conference, uh, I was impressed by how they, whatever. So now they know you speak at large national conferences. So when you put those kinds of phrases into your book, you're letting them know that you're more than just an author. And granted, just an author is, is, is really minimizing it because an author has incredible status and stature and credibility, but they don't know your deliverables. Now, when you use those little phrases, they know your deliverables. And in the last chapter, you have a call to action that really lays it on the line and lets them know exactly who your target client is, how you help them, and how they are transformed by your work. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is the anti-hope strategy. Why hope that 17 things have to happen before you have a conversation with a, uh, a prospect? Why not take your book and send it to your top 10 or 100 potential clients? Now, you might read in your trade publications or your local newspaper that a certain company or person is having a certain problem, and chapter four in your book addresses that problem. Why not send your book to that person and say, hey, I read in the business journal that you're having problems with uh, employee engagement. Well, chapter four of my book talks exactly about how to improve employee engagement and has 10 tips in there. And if you'd like, I'd be happy to consult with your company or meet with you on how we can implement an employee engagement program to increase your profits. Now your book is, a, is the big business card that opens the door to help people solve their problems. And I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say that the only reason that someone reads a business book is to solve their problem. So if you can identify the eight or so problems that your prospective clients have and put those into a book, you will have a blockbuster that will turn into an incredible marketing tool to get you the kinds of clients that you need to grow your business and make a lasting impact in the, on the world. I couldn't agree with you more, and uh, it's sage advice from a, a an experienced uh, advisor, so thank you for that. Let me ask you a, a, a question, Dan, kind of from left field, but your background in PR also lends itself to this. Any insight, because I, I just had a conversation with a joint friend of ours, Mickey Kennedy, about doing press releases, announcing books, or as, as, a, as an author using a PR strategy. Uh, if you don't mind sure. me asking sort of a left field question, any any advice to someone who's listening to this, uh, again, nonfiction, business-related books on leveraging PR, is it a good strategy in your opinion, or is there any little tips you'd like to share regarding that topic? 
Oh, sure. There are a lot of great tips. PR is uh, alive and wonderful and doing very well in today's age. In fact, when the internet first started, as I told you, I wrote that book, I wrote an article for the uh, Public Relations Society of America that said uh, the internet ushers in a golden age for publicity. Why? Well, back in the olden days, you'd write a press release and it would, uh, you'd send it to reporters and if they threw it out, no one would know you had news. Or if they uh, took your press release and saw a thousand words there and they truncated it down to a 400 word article, they'd also interview your competitor. So now you don't own the story. But on the internet, you can tell your story in as much length as you want. So you can have articles from your book, you could have like, um, uh, seven tips for employee engagement or 10 tips for retaining customers or five ways to uh, uh, get um, increase your profits. All ideas from your book. Uh, there could be uh, blog posts that you additionally, let me start over. You, you could have taken blog posts from your website and put them into your book. These could be articles that you've already written. And in that way, writing a book becomes really simple because you can take your articles, your blog posts, your web chats, uh, your podcasts, your speeches, turn them into articles, turn them into your book. And that way you have a lot of content to write your book right off the start. And you might want to hire an editor like me to go through it and smooth it out and make sure the, the sounds and the words uh, sound very consistent instead of disjointed. And a lot of my clients actually do that. Uh, they're a lot further ahead in writing the books. So you can turn your book into a lot of PR articles, put them on the internet, send them out as press releases, uh, post them to other sites that want content, speak them out loud and put them on Vimeo and YouTube, start your own channel. I mean, the internet is an amazing publishing platform. You are the publisher. <laughs> so uh, in the worlds of PR, yes, we do want to get reporters to write articles about us. That is 100% totally credible. And also you can start your own publishing channel via, via your website or via YouTube. So your loyal followers can learn everything about you because Let's face it, if you're, uh, your stakeholders really do want to know about your new products and your new services, they do want to know uh, all the new things that you are doing and all the things that are going on with your company. So there's definitely a role for PR in terms of helping you sell books and having uh, you get new clients because of those books. It all works together. You know, there's a great uh, PR guy named Regis McKenna who was the PR genius behind Apple in the early days. And back then, everyone had this linear idea of marketing and PR. It's like, oh, first we'll talk to the analysts, then we'll talk to the media, then we'll talk to the distributors, then we'll talk to the retailers, then we'll talk to the end user, then we'll talk to the customers. Well, that was all very linear, one after the other after the other. Regis McKenna created what he called the daffodil model, which meant, you know, the daffodil leaves, they all overlap with each other. So you talk to the analysts and the reporters and the distributors and the retailers and your customers and the reviewers and everyone else in your ecosystem at the same time. And that way they cross pollinate. They tell each other, hey, have you heard what this guy's doing? Hey, have you heard what this company's doing? And it builds on itself. And that's how Apple became a big name in the computer industry. Wow. And you could do it too. Yeah. Do you still, Dan, do you believe, again, just focusing on PR for a moment, only because, again, you have so much expertise on it. For the local business owner, which in my case, I serve a lot of local business owners uh, who are looking to differentiate themselves with a book. Do, in your experience, can a local business owner leverage PR effectively? Uh, definitely. You know, part of my business, uh, I still have one foot in the PR business. and I do write press releases and I do work with uh, people who are listening to this, this call, whether it be doctors, lawyers, professionals, or people who own stores, uh, you can write press releases. Uh, 
and send them to the local media, send them to local radio stations. Uh, plus, chances are you're selling nationally, maybe even internationally. So people come to your website from all over the country uh, because they see your material on the web and they want to buy material from you and, and send them out uh, or send out your product to them. So press releases can definitely help you there. And I think the key there is keywords because people are going to find or people rather are looking for companies like yours. They just don't know that you exist. So if you keyword your headline and your press release properly, there's a real good chance they're going to find it, especially in a local market. We did a press release once for uh, an elder care expert in Boston, and we obviously are not so obvious until you see it. Uh, we wrote a press release with a headline that said, Boston area elder care, Boston elder care expert, Michael A. Banks says, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember exactly what he said, but uh, that was his news. A year later, Fox News in Boston was doing a, an episode on elder care abuse. So they needed to find a local expert. What did they do? They went to Google. And of course, they want someone from Boston because they don't want to fly someone in. They want someone who can just drive down to their studios. They said, we need Boston elder care expert. And bingo, Michael A. Banks popped up in oh, Google. Yep. I'm sure it still pops up because those press releases stay there forever. Yep. So when reporters are ready to write about a company like yours, they're able to see it. Yeah. Of course, it's not just reporters that we want to see the press release anymore. It's our prospects. We want them to see our press releases too, because they're scoping us out. They're comparing us to our competitors. So a press release may say, oh, wow, this is great information. I really appreciate that. And uh, they get a new insight into you that they wouldn't get by seeing your LinkedIn profile or your uh, company webpage. So press releases definitely imply credibility. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a strategy that <clears throat> I think a lot of people kind of dismiss. And as you said, it's alive and well, and it, it can be a very effective strategy. So uh, thank you for sharing that. So, Dan, as we get ready to wrap up here in a little bit, just a few more questions I'd love to ask you. Uh, again, with your insights with working with clients, there's probably a few people listening to this that have yet to write that first book. What advice would you give that person? I would start with uh, Stephen Covey's wise comments about begin with the end in mind. What do you want the book to do for you? And then write that kind of book. So when I work with my clients as a developmental editor and a book coach, I have four questions that I ask them right at the very beginning. It's like an executive summary. So it's something you're very, very used to. And that is, you know, what do, what do I want to accomplish with this? So is it to get new clients, to get new targeted clients, to get clients who, have, who are doctors, who have net worths of more than $5 million. Uh, and I've clients who do that, you know, in, in um, certified financial planners, they want doctors and dentists, they don't want retirees who are about to withdraw their, their IRAs. Uh, I have another client who works with uh, what do you call Henry's, high earners, not yet rich. I love that. So target your market because the market can be specified in or divided into so many ways. So be clear about who you want to help uh, and how you can help them. How will they be transformed by working with you? And if you do those two questions, you'll be a lot further ahead than most people. The next question is, what problems are you going to solve for them? And these are the problems that you love to work with, because I'd hate for you to write a book that attracts the clients who do the kinds of things that you just burnt out of doing or are too hard to sell to. You find that intersection of who you want to work with and solve the kinds of problems that really turn you on and can afford to hire you. 
That's what you target the book for. And the next part is just real easy. You just start to write the outline. And I help my clients write that outline and get real super specific because a lot of times you can't see the forest for the trees. We've all heard that phrase. You know, another phrase is if you're in the picture, you can't see the frame. You need to work with a developmental editor who can see the big picture, who has read all the other books in your target market. So they need, they know what works, what doesn't work, what the new trends are things that you don't have time for or don't have the perspective to see because you're in your little ditch. That's why you work with a team to help you. So the book coach and developmental editor are part of your team. Further on the line, you'll work with other people, the graphic designers, the cover designers and such. So don't think that writing a book is a solitary effort. It's a team effort and it starts with having the right kind of people guide you to make sure that you're on the right track. Very good. And you may have already talked touched on it in that answer but is there any specific mistake or speed bump when it comes to writing that first book or writing any book is for that matter that you don't like to warn folks about oh definitely no one wants to read the entire encyclopedia about your topic and i have clients who come in here saying oh i'm going to write a, a book about uh, how to find a career in today's internet related world and you know it's an octopus you know there's LinkedIn, there are all these other, what does a resume look like today? How do you protect your privacy? How do you make sure your, your current boss doesn't find out that you're looking for a job? There are a million questions, but, and you, and you can spend years writing that. And of course, the internet is gonna change every six months, so your stuff is gonna be out of date. Um, so you have to say to yourself, what is it that my clients really need? And that is to solve their problems. So what are the biggest problems? Write the book that solves their problems. I'd like to say that, and I'm sure you'll agree because you're, you're the master of the short book. Uh, my books are a little bit longer, but <laughs> we will agree that no one wants to spend 17 hours reading a book anymore. No one wants to read a 400 page book. No one wants to read you know, all the great stuff in Good to Great or In Search of Excellence. Those are wonderful books, but they're long. People want to solve their problems short in short format. So we, we I like to say they, they can pick up a, uh, a book in, when they get on a plane in New York and finish it by the time they get uh, to Los Angeles. You might say that uh, <laughs> pick up the book in New York and finish it by the time they come around for your drink order. Both <laughs> are good answers. Well, maybe, maybe not the drink order. Maybe Chicago. I think Chicago would probably be uh, Detroit maybe. But, the, but uh, solving their problems. <laughs> right. They're good with building trust with us, so they want to work with us. Because let's face it, we could put all the information in the world into a book, and that's not going to solve someone's problem. It's the application of your ideas and your strategies and your tactics related to their specific problems that are going to help them. So the book gives them the broad overview of like, here's how we help these other companies improve their supply chain or improve their, improve their customer service. But our services, our company is different because of A, B, and C. What would you suggest here? Well, that's when they bring you in and pay you the big bucks for your consulting and your advice. Well, Dan, this has been great. Lots of wisdom, lots of advice, lots of ideas. So thank you very much. So as we wrap up here, Dan, can you share with our listeners uh, where they can get your books, where they can learn more about you? Sure. My book is called Write Your Book in a Flash. And as a good marketing person, that's the name of my website too, writeyourbookinaflash.com. And if you go there, you'll find a number of uh, free downloadable resources to help you uh, overcome writer's block and uh, other problems that people have, like imposter syndrome uh, and uh, other good things. And if you think I'm a good fit and you'd like to uh, 
explore a conversation to see if we can work together. I'd enjoy that. And, uh, you know, I reject clients too. This is, this is not a sales call. Uh, we have to make sure it's a good fit because, you know, if you've ever bought a pair of shoes that don't fit in the store, well, they don't fit two weeks later either. So uh, we want to make sure it's a good fit that we both have fun because frankly, we're going to get to know each other really, really well. And I, most of my clients become friends afterwards because we're, we are so intimate with each other. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for relationships, not just transactions. Very good. Well, Dan, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. It's a great call. Great, great conversation. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thank you, Mike. You've just listened to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast. If you've been on the fence about writing your own book, there's no better time than now to become a Main Street Author. To learn more, visit MainStreetAuthor.com. That's MainStreetAuthor.com. And while you're there, schedule a complimentary strategy session with Mike to discuss your book ideas. See you next time. And remember, you can do this.